Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you're here with us today. We have a very special guest. We have with us today Miss Erin Bowdy, and she is the expert in all things Enneagram. I'm very excited to learn more about it because, you know, I tried to do a podcast episode about it because people were sending me topics. Can you do this? Can you cover this? I tried my best, but I think I did a pretty poor job of it. So I'm very, very happy that we have an expert today who can talk to us about Enneagram. What is your Enneagram type? And I think how you can probably use it to help you in life. So let's jump in and get started. Thank you so much for being here today, Erin. Thanks for having me, Melissa. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here because like I said, this is a topic that I've had a lot of listeners reach out to me and say, can you do an episode on this? And at the time, like I didn't have anybody scheduled that was an expert. So I tried to do a little research myself, but there's so much information out there. And I don't know that I did it justice, but now you're here today to help us with that. So I'm super, super happy and excited that you're going to share all of your wealth of knowledge with us. But before you get down to business and explaining about Enneagram, I would love it if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you stumble upon this and then begin using it in your own life? Yeah, um, well, thank you for having me here. And I can't wait to, to chat all things, the stuff that I love. And I was introduced to the Enneagram about 12 years ago. I am a behaviorist by trade. So my work has been in behavior change, usually within the context of team and the team environment and the team dynamics. So leadership development, but my specialty is the strategy underneath that, whether it's communications or systems or productivity. Um, and there's a whole lot of habit change that has to happen as a part of that. And so I spent 20 years in corporate America working with teams and the Enneagram sort of crossed my path as a tool to help me do that work well. Um, so about 12 years ago, I was trained to did like a week long training, eight hours a day, you know, to just get the basic information. And it was um, interesting and accessible and was able to find my type and sort of kind of took it from there. And it wasn't until Several years later, when I was going through some personal challenges that I was like, oh, I could really lean into this for my own healing. It really gave me language and understanding, you know, archetypal personality just really helps us name stuff about ourselves. And so I felt really seen and I started going back to that same master teacher for more guidance. And I spent six years studying with her um, to really understand myself, understand the Enneagram. I became a certified teacher and trainer through her school. And it really shifted for me in a time in my life where I really needed some additional tools. And boy, did I not, I didn't really know, this is where it's sort of kismet and universal. Like I was put right in the path of what I needed when I needed it because I was pregnant at the time, um, had my daughter about, uh, about two years later, we discovered that she was on the autism spectrum. 
And it required a, a lot from me to be able to manage the unpredictability and her needs. And so I needed a lot of presence. I needed a lot of embodied self, right? The self-awareness to recognize what belonged to her and what belonged to me and to regulate so I could regulate her. And so it wasn't until several years later when I'm trying to be the best parent I can to a neurodivergent kid that I was like, oh, here's all my training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and at that point, I was still in corporate um, and still in the corporate world and struggling to show up well to a system that required something of me and my kiddo. And I eventually decided to leave that job and start working for myself to give me more flexibility. And so for the past five years, I've been a corporate consultant. I've been working with entrepreneurs or solopreneurs to help them build better habits in their business using the Enneagram. But if it wasn't for my daughter, Eleanor, I probably never would have made a leap to do something that I love so much. And, and it's sort of funny, right? I'm, I have a, a graduate degree. I'm finishing a PhD. I had all this knowledge, but it wasn't until I had a kid who needed a lot from me. And I know all kids need a lot from us, right? Um, that I was like, oh, okay, she's actually the best teacher I've ever had, <laughs> right? Like, so it's been a really powerful tool for me personally, and I've been really honored to be able to share that with others. I love that story. And it's, our kids sometimes are our best teachers, aren't they? We think we know everything, and then they come along like, you don't know anything, and <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> um, so for those out there who are listening, who maybe they've heard of Enneagram, maybe they haven't. Can you give us just kind of a brief, I know that's asking a lot, but summary of what exactly it is? Yeah, so I really think about, first of all, the Enneagram is a personality framework, right? It's a lot like, similar to like things like the DISC assessment or Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders or Color Profile, right? It's a way in which we can identify common behavioral patterns. The cool thing about the Enneagram is it's a little deeper than that, right? It goes a little further underneath and it helps us identify our motivators, the why behind those behaviors, the needs that those behaviors meet. So I sort of think about identifying your Enneagram type and there's sort of nine core types is like finding the key that unlocks the door within. And it's like, oh, now all of a sudden there's all this language that explains parts of me that I've always known to be true, I may just not have been able to articulate the meaning behind what I do in life. And so it really is just a doorway into understanding ourselves better. And so how are you using this? Because I know you're using it in a way that you're helping people not only understand their behavior, but I think also make better life choices is that what i'm how i'm understanding that you're using it to help people or yeah yeah no i think you're i think you're right on the nose there you know we behaviors are just a set of habits that we've gotten accustomed to over time often a lot of our emotional or physiological behaviors are birthed out of childhood? What did I need to learn how to be in order to be okay in the world based on the expectations of parents or my church community or my school or my, my coaches, right? And then we get into adulthood and those behaviors are so subconscious, right? I'm not necessarily aware of them. It's like driving to work every day and 
not remembering taking every exit. We just get good at the practice. And so it can be really hard for us to change a behavior if we can't understand why we do it in the first place. So much of what we do around shifting habits, right? I want to eat healthier. I want to exercise more. I want to change how I work. Um, my kids are going back to school and I have to adjust how I show up in life. We often focus on the end result or the outcome, right? And we, we give ourselves tools and, and resources. Okay. I'm going to decide to work out. I'm going to go buy new clothes, right? Like I'm, I'm dealing with the outcome. And then over time, we struggle to show up consistently. And we think, oh, I'm just not disciplined enough. I'm not motivated enough. I'm not working hard enough. There's something wrong with me. And the reality is, is we haven't gone underneath and said, what is tied to my identity around why I am or I'm not showing up for this new habit? What about my personality makes it hard for me to make this change and what's happening in my environment or my systems or my processes or how I, how I am in life that is either pointing me toward this thing or pointing me away from it. So I use the Enneagram as a tool to get really clear about what might be true about our identity. And then I use my behavioral theory and the, the psycho psychology background that I have to then create better systems and structures so we can more readily step into the outcomes that we're after. And it's really, really cool. It's like reverse engineering everything we know about habit change. And it's really cool to use the Enneagram as a tool to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that you can use the information that you're given on how we kind of see ourselves and show up in the world to change those behaviors. Because I do feel like there is a tendency for certain people to automatically think I can't do this or I can't do that or I can't show up like this or I can't show up like that. So it's great to know that you can change your behavior. Yeah, we just <laughs> have to understand to. why. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I can give a kind of tangible example because it can feel sort of, you know, a rethrow about, about what we're talking about. I was working with a client who was unhappy in her job. And she thought, I think I need to change my job. I think I need to change my career. And she was wanting to sort of dream about the career. And I was like, okay, let's pin it. And let's understand why we're unhappy in the first place. And what we understood with the help of her personality archetype, she identified as a type one. And we can find all that stuff on the internet, right? There's beautiful information available about what each archetype is. Um, she was struggling to speak up at work. She was struggling to bring her voice forward. She was struggling to make an impact. And as a one, doing a good job and being good enough was really important to her. And so being quiet made it hard for her to feel like she was doing good work. And when we sort of reverse engineered it, she realized that she was really struggling with the risk that it took to use her voice and get what she needed. She wasn't good at making mistakes. And we could see that at home with two small kids needing her house to sort of be in perfect order and everything done a certain way, she was feeling good there. And so to help her understand that you can't get what you want at work if you can't find that same sense of risk-taking and adaptability at home. So her homework was to get comfortable making mistakes in her safest place, right? What would it be like if you let the kids mess sit around for a day or two? What would it be like? And so what she ended up choosing was letting her kids help with chores and, you know, her four-year-old putting 
the dishes away and dumping the silverware in the drawer and dealing with the mess. Can we regulate ourselves at home in such a way that I can go, oh, this is no big deal, or I survived this, or I still find my goodness or my worth, even when it's messy, that she was able to transfer those skills in board meetings to say, you know what, I can speak up and I do know what it feels like to feel good enough even when it's messy because humans are messy right like boardrooms are messy (laughs) but she couldn't just go there and do that that was too hard she had to practice first and so that's the kind of stuff that we do is build strategy around how to make a change in behavior in a bigger context but first in a personal context yeah now do you take a test to figure out the type that you are um, you can, absolutely. Uh, the online testing around the Enneagram is inherently flawed. Um, the best, and I use air quotes, the best in that it's the only one that's been empirically tested. It's only been held up to see how reliable or valid it is. It is shown to be about 46% accurate. So It's not that I dissuade people from taking tests and online tests. I just encourage you to hold the information loosely, right? Get it as a starting point and then sort of explore and understand, does this fit for me? You know, what's missing? What works? What doesn't work, right? And and it's our job to fill in that other like 54% to get it more accurate. So I have a free digital typing guide, which I can give you the link to to share if you, if you like, um, that walks people through things to consider. It links to that test that I think is the best there is and to some book recommendations that you could take out from your library. You could move through this guide to find your type without investing a dollar, right? It's just my time. But to help you wade through the sea of information you'll find on the internet and go, how do I know what's good, right? I wanna help people do that. So yes, there are testing. You can read books to try to figure it out. You can attend seminars. You can work with professionals. They're all flawed, right? The only person that really knows what's true is us. Yeah, well, I love that. I'll have the link to that test in the show notes so that way people can get to it because I think what you're suggesting is at least a good place to start, but like anything, there's so much information. It can be so overwhelming. And it really is great to be able to talk to someone who's an expert who can really say, this is how we use this information because I can go look up how to fix a car, but it's so overwhelming. Like, I don't know what the, first I have to learn the parts and then I have to learn how they work together. And then I have to learn. So if you're just jumping into this and you don't know anything about the Enneagram, it could feel a little bit overwhelming at first because I know it, it was, is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it was for me too. It's so much information. There's so many opinions about it. There's so many people doing different things. It's hard to tell what is clear and accurate and factual. And so the thing that I recommend for folks every time is trust you, trust your own instincts, trust what you know about yourself and take the information kind of like we would if we were in a dressing room trying on jeans, right? Like, ooh, this pair fits, this feels good. I'm going to keep this or ooh, this feels icky or my butt crack showing or whatever it is. (laughs) And we take it off and we move on, you know, but whenever somebody sort of says emphatically to us, this is you, 
this is what you are, we can be really skeptical because the human experience and naming who we are is such hard work for us as individuals. It's really hard to be able to do that for someone else. I mean, I, I've been doing the typing interviews for 12 years and I have to consciously check my bias every single time right? Yeah, It's yeah. so much internal effort to make sure I'm separating what I think and feel from what might be true for you. And so and that is not a lazy endeavor at all, right? Like it, it takes a lot of awareness to stay present to what, and I mess up because I'm human, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think that I can recall that when I was going through and doing the testing, I kept asking myself, well, this was true or is it true now? Or I kept going back and forth debating the answers because I identify in two ways. Myself before what I call mm -hmm. my spiritual awakening and doing the healing work and myself after. So I would mm -hmm. read a question and go, well, I used to be like that. And now I'm more like this. So I don't know, you know, and it would be yeah. me just arguing with myself internally like which fits best for me so it could be very difficult when you're taking those tests to even your own bias like yeah. sometimes we think we're you one way and then we realize oh i'm not really that way at all that's just how i want to be but other people see me as showing up like this so i can see how that would be really difficult when you go to do yeah. assessments yeah that's totally it and you're Melissa, you're like perfectly outlining the purpose of the Enneagram, right? Our type constructs is a fixated pattern. It is pre-spiritual awakening. It is all the things I learned how to be before I had any other tools or before I really understood myself. And then we all go through this human journey, or we hope we all have access to this human journey where we say, oh, there's more to me than just this thing. What would it be like if I cracked open? And I, and I had access to more. And this spiritual sense of self, this essence of self then can guide to more tools and resources. And so as we do that work, we look less like any type, right? And so when I'm in a typing process with somebody who's been deep in their own healing work, it is hard for me to type them yeah. because we are really working hard to parse apart old narrative, new narrative, right? Those are fun for me because it's like, ooh, this is all the nitty gritty stuff where I really have to do my work. When somebody's still in that sort of sleepy, unaware state, it's really easy for me to do. Not as fun. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, just to hold a mirror to your experiences of it will probably continue to be hard for you to name your original Enneagram type because it's so far away from where you are now. The type doesn't change but our resourcing does. That's interesting. Okay, so you should be really focusing on how you used to respond to things because that yep. gives you your type. Even though you've maybe, uh, I don't wanna call it elevated or more enlightened and you don't act that way now, but you should base it on your initial, this is how I used to respond, okay. Well, that makes you sense and that's more helpful. Okay, that would make it a lot easier. I should go through and do it again. <laughs> yeah, and so we think type. about our Enneagram type is our most fixated self. It's our most limited version of us. So I don't ever say, I, I 
fixate at type seven. I don't ever say I am a type seven. That's not my identity, but I fixate at type seven. So I'll tell people like my type's showing, like you're not getting the best of me, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that is true, but there are gifts in that type construct, right? There are parts of me that when I am grounded and embodied and connected to myself, that you get to see my light shine in a really unique way, right? So it's not that everything is bad about our type. It just means it comes out of a limited functioning. How many different types are there? Are there nine, is that? Nine? There are nine core archetypes. Okay. They each have a, a, a very distinct motivator. Now let's make it really complicated. And there's an instinctual theory of coping that gets laid over top of the Enneagram and it creates three subtypes under every archetype. So there's actually 27 types. Wow. So anytime you read information about say type seven for me, and they put it all in a bucket, we are overgeneralizing a stereotype. And so if you're like, well, I don't find myself in any of them, chances are we're not digging deeper and we're not looking at this instinct theory um, clearly enough. So I created a YouTube channel where I did interviews with every type and all three subtypes. So you can see all the ones, all the twos, all the threes, all of the types in action and see their nuances or differences as a way to go, oh, I really resonate. I don't resonate with three, but man, I really resonate with this version of three. That might be why, right? Yeah. To make that easier. I love that. Is that YouTube channel just under your name, Erin Bowden? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's under Living the Enneagram. Okay. Um, the Enneagram, which is also yep. the name of your website, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, and all of that is linked on my Instagram on Living the Enneagram on the link in my bio. So there's loads and loads and loads of free content on my YouTube as a way to help people consume this and figure out what fits for me and how could I use it. I love that you offer so much free content. I love when people do that because really when you like dip your toes in, you want to go all the way, you know, you get in and you're like, yeah. oh, this feels really nice. And then you just want to completely jump in and swim. So it's great because you're there to kind of guide people and say, you know, oh, this you've kind of figured out what type you are, but here's how we can take it to that next level because we can use it to figure out why we do what we do and how to shift those behaviors um, once we do. Because if you figure out what your type is, can you kind of see patterns of your decision-making throughout your life? Totally, totally. And we can, and it, 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 we're like, oh, this is why I do this. This is why I show up this is way. This is why I have this fight all the time with my spouse or why I'm feeling the way I feel at work around my boss, right? It really does create meaning to what we do and we can't change something or illuminate it or lift it up if we can't create meaning around it, right? I really think about our Enneagram type and what we do with it like we do body work, right? If we just consume information about ourselves, it's similar to like going to the gym and deciding I wanna train for you know a half marathon or something. And the trainer sitting me in the back room and teaching me about body mechanics or the importance of sleep or stretching, but not actually moving my body in any way, right? And if I do that over and over and over again, I have a lot of knowledge, but my body isn't ready to move, right? Our ego or our personality construct is the same way. If I just read or listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos, 
and I consume information about myself, that's helpful to start. But at some point I have to go like rub up against other people in the world to make a change. And so we have to sort of look at the Enneagram like like a set of gym equipment. There are tools and resources in it that allow me to strengthen my gifts and how to resource and be more resilient around some of the pitfalls or patterns that I have that are hard. Yeah. And so when someone books a session, because you do private sessions, mm-hmm. they book a session with you. The first thing you do is really nail down what Enneagram type they are. And then I would assume like, well, probably you're asking them, what are your goals or what are your pitfalls in life? And what's, what do you want to make better? And you're helping them to use their type to figure out why they're making the choices they do, why they show up the way they do and like, why they're not happy in this, why they're not happy in that. And you kind of help them to fix that. Is that, or find coping strategies, I guess too. Yeah. 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 And, and a lot of it is whether it's behavioral habits, right? Those might be the systems of my life, how I'm showing up to my work, how I'm showing up to myself. They might be narrative thoughts, mindset, which I know you love and 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 do too. Um, it might be nervous system work, right? So I may not be the solution to everything, but I sort of think about myself like that personal trainer where I can hold the whole picture. I can hold the whole body, the whole ego and say, here's where the areas that we see you need the most support. You know, you might need a nutritionist, you might need sleep support, you might need whatever like a fit a, a personal trainer might do. I'm doing that around your ego and say, wow, I'm really noticing you're having a hard time staying in your body. Maybe some somatic embodiment work is really where you need to go in order to get that muscle strengthened so that we can tackle some of these habits, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel really fortunate that I get to connect people to other awesome people. <laughs> That's cool. Do you feel like there are certain types where you see the same types of behavior patterns in their lives over and over? So let's say people who maybe struggle with weight tend to be a certain type or people who um, struggle with addiction maybe tend to be a certain Enneagram type? I think that's a really fair and good question. And I think that the context around identity is so complex, right? So we have ego and personality. That's the individual self, but it also rubs up against so many other sets of conditioning, right? Like my race, my gender, my ability or disability, my, my, neurotypicalness or my neurodivergence, my mental health, right? Am I, do I struggle with depression or bipolar? Um, what does the church ask of me? What are my values? Um, you know, there's so many cultural implications that overlay identity that it's hard to say. And, and I would really ask anybody to hold up a red flag if you're around anybody that says all types do this right? Because what they're getting is a really narrow perspective, typically a white privileged perspective, right? So anytime we sort of say um, all of anything, we're often overlooking a population that maybe isn't seen as often in the education or the details, right? I don't see a ton of information about 
the Enneagram and neurodivergence or the Enneagram and disability. And yet I have to hold the construct of the typing system against my daughter and say, it's not going to look like for you, like it does other people. Yeah. It's okay. We make enough room for you. That's good. That's good to know that it's not like generalized that everybody tends to be. And then I think, you know, you have to think of how diverse people are in general anyway. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. I would be very interested in knowing how you could use that as a teacher, like how you might be able to use that to help you help students learn better. I think that would be an interesting thing for sure. Yeah, it's such a cool application. I mean, that's why I'm I'm so thrilled to talk about it because it really goes with us everywhere, right? Because we are all so unique, how we create meaning around our own patterns goes with us in every role I have in life and it can help elevate each of those roles. Love that. Well, this has been such a fun and interesting conversation. Thank you so much for coming here to share all of your knowledge. If we have people out there listening and they're thinking, I really want to <laughs> learn more about this. I want to take that test. I want to work with Erin. What's the best way for them to do that? I think find me on Instagram at living the Enneagram. Um, I, I load up every day with tons of free content to really help you practice what we're learning about ourselves. And then my link in my bio will take you to my YouTube page. It'll take you to my free downloads, the typing guide, and then also connect you to my website. Uh, if you want to learn more about my services, but feel free to send me a DM too and, and, uh, introduce yourself. I love that. I want to go check out your YouTube channel because I would yeah. love to see that sounds so interesting that you have interviewed people so you can see it like personally one on one like oh yeah this actually. I resonate with this type more because I can see it i'm a visual person i'm yep. so visual I have to be able to see it in front of my face. You know, when someone's giving me directions, like, don't tell me take I-44, like, tell me, like, do I turn by the McDonald's or this place? Yeah. So I'm, that's me. I'm not visual. So I love it. I've had people come back to me and say, I found out my type because of watching it. I saw Allison or I saw Dave or I saw Meredith and, you know, in the panel, they feel like they get to know these people. And um, I was able to identify with what's true for me. And that's the point. That's what I want them for. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This was so much fun. Thank you, Melissa. It's a delight. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for being here with us today, too. I highly encourage you to go check out her YouTube channel and also her website and to take that free test because knowledge is power and it's so much fun. I loved learning about the Enneagram types myself. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And as always, sharing this podcast with others is the greatest compliment you can pay me. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day today from wherever you're listening. Don't forget you can join me on Patreon to get video of this interview, not just the audio. And you can also get two extra episodes per week. So please join me on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. And as always, I am sending you so much love and light. I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.